welcome to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. Today we have Cody Bateman, who's the ICE Operations Manager for American Airlines Center, Dallas, Texas, uh, makes the ice for the Dallas Stars. Uh, welcome, Cody. We're glad to have you available today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you. We're going to be discussing the fast ice system, which you have on your two new machines, uh, and of all the people uh, in uh, the field that have the fast ice system, we feel you have the most experience since you had uh, the very first version of it. Uh, how long have you been utilizing the fast ice system in your building? Uh, we got the fast ice in 2003, and that was one of the very first uh, one of the very first versions of it, which it obviously has evolved into quite something now. But uh, in the beginning. Um, it was, you know, basically I got a bunch of guys that had some, you know, tractor supplies that were doing irrigation work and decided to put it on a machine because they saw that uh, building ice with booms, right, was the way to go. And that's basically what where it all started at. And you talk about uh, the evolution of it. Um, I know firsthand and being down and visiting your facility, um, what you've gone through. Um, can you offer up your viewpoint on the original system uh, that had a wash water spray system as part of it and maybe tell us a little bit about how it's evolved and hopefully how it's uh, improved for your operation? Um, I mean, I would say I'm not going to say everything was hunky-dory when we first started using the system because it was something that was, you know, new and Kind of where it came from was the two bosses that I had at the building before were both really smart guys. Uh, one was Mr. David Westby, who was the original ice maker for the Minnesota North Stars. He's the one that basically taught me how to be a pro. It was his it was his idea whenever he saw this thing, he thought it was going to be like, you know, the cat's meow, which, you know, eventually it was. But in the beginning, it was very tough because whoever got on the Zamboni before and saw a computer on it, you know, nobody. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I got on it to drive it. Like, I get on and I turn on the machine, and they're just, I'm like, well, how do you even put water out of this thing? I don't even know how to turn it on. So, in the beginning, it was a lot of learning curve. And then once we figured out, you know, you could spray like this, and it doesn't do anything. And when you spray like that, it doesn't do anything. And then you spray too much, it's too wet. So, there was a lot of things that were going on with it. But... The way the system was originally done, I mean, most of the engineering was done on a cocktail napkin. So it wasn't like we had schematics and uh, <laughs> we didn't have schematics and an idea where all this stuff uh, was. We just kind of had to learn our way through it. It was a very hard knocks thing. Not to say, you know, <clears throat> was it Bush League kind of a little bit? Yeah. Uh, but once we started to figure out the system itself, uh, I mean, it was night and day the ice changed pretty much immediately as soon as we started to figure it out but don't get me wrong it took a few months to to kind of get that going because we were kind of the guinea pig <clears throat> kind of the guinea pig for it all um but the original system was uh and the very first model that we had i mean there was no stainless steel there was no you know fancy pumps there was none of that stuff compared to what it is now um but said it was just a bunch of good old boys that worked on tractors you know and they put this thing together and then once we started kind of telling them what we needed 
Um, we kind of evolved it a little bit as far as the version one of the fast ice. Um, and the computer controls themselves, they were very simple. Um, it was just very simple. It was basically like, you know, this much water does this at this, right? So the way you can controlled everything through your dials and everything was very simple. Not to say it's not simple now, it's just a different computer screen. But I don't know, that's kind of like, uh, kind of where it all came from and kind of how it all started. I don't know if it was, <clears throat> you know, just like all things, they start out something really small, right? I mean, the iPod shuffle or the iPod was, you know, this little bitty thing that was like that. Now that only hold a thousand songs or 800 songs. And now you have some that hold 10,000, 20,000. So everything evolves and gets better over time. It's interesting that you bring up Dave Westby. You and I have talked about him quite a bit. When I was mm -hmm. young, a long time ago, um, he was working with my father at uh, the Met Center, um, the original home of the North Stars, which became the Dallas Stars. Uh, and I remember, <laughs> it is, you know, if it wasn't for Minnesota, there would be a few less Super Bowl titles and one less Stanley Cup, one less Stanley Cup championship, but, uh, that, that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast to talk about those things. But I remember, um, talking about, uh, with Dave when he brought it up and saying, Hey Doug, you got to have an open mind to this. This is, uh, this is something that's, um, that's different. Uh, and we're, Glad to see that uh, you guys continued on with it and that with the new machines you received uh, this past fall that you uh, have this product on it um, as well. So um, one of the other questions we've got is what do you feel are the attributes to the Fast Ice system that brought your building uh, to use this product and continued uh, to go with this when you got your new machines? Um, well, number one is, uh ice quality i mean that's really what it comes down to i mean um if you look anytime anybody installs a rink the, the old days of whenever people put in ice right you would go out there you'd take a hose and you'd spray you know 1200 gallons of water go outside have a couple darts have a beer go back inside and do it again those old days are over i mean technology you know is advancing and obviously, even on the new machines today, even most of the stuff I've seen on the new, the new Zams now, it's like, I don't even know what that is, but it looks like a computer. I don't, I've never seen one of those before on there. So technology is advanced, so we should advance with it. But basically what we saw was when you're building ice, you're building with a boom. That's the best way to build ice because you're building in fast, small layers, right? I mean, that's the whole thing about it. So less gases and air and everything is trapped inside the ice. If you've ever just sprayed, you know, go out there with a hose flood and just flood the hell out of it, it doesn't make good ice. I mean, anybody that's probably listening to this podcast is probably already a pretty good ice maker, probably, most likely. Or you're going to learn something about it, I guess. But basically, you don't want to do that. So small, thin layers. So you could build ice faster, um, faster, freezing small, thin layers than you could putting out 1200 gallons of water and waiting four hours to freeze. I could put 1200 gallons out in two hours with a boom or a fast ice system and get the same, or get a better result. It's basically what we solve for it. And that's really what it comes down to is really quality. But the ice building time has, you, you almost cut it completely down because of so much control that you have over it with one machine. 
<clears throat> because every time I go out, I know that that machine is going to put out 140 gallons if I do, you know, at this number, at this pace, you know, every time I go out. So it's the control factor. So I know that I can do that every time I go out. And if I get out three three resurfaces an hour at 140, right, that's 420 gallons an hour, right? And on that pace, I know it's going to take me somewhere around 22 hours, 24 hours to get to my 10,000 gallons in order to get to the one inch pipes. So that's kind of the math that we would come up with. And it's it's not a not that I'm some control freak, but I mean, it is a control factor that you know that on this pace at this time, you can do that. So and, you're saying uh, that, it, that it gives you much more control, precise control uh, to right. in how many gallons of water you want to put out as opposed to the more conventional way of flooding with a towel or with a hose when we're building the ice surface. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, that's a big key factor for it. I mean, because okay. when you work in an, uh, when you work in an arena or you're doing, you know, let's just say you're in a municipal rink and you do, you're doing a tournament weekend, right? And you lose three quarters of an inch of ice through that tournament. You know, you're going to have to have time to rebuild that ice as fast as you possibly can overnight or in the mornings however you know you choose to do it or however your schedule dictates it you know you can do those things but i would say it gives me tons more uh peace of mind to know that i need so if somebody asked me how much time i need i can say well i can do this at this time at this much and i know that i can do that so i know that if i lost half an inch of ice i gotta ask my scheduler that I need, you know, whatever, 10 or 12 hours in order to rebuild that sheet of ice, if that makes sense. Do you think that the fast ice system is going to be beneficial uh, in the community rinks as well, um, giving them more control and helping them provide a better sheet of ice? And if so, um, what do you think is going to be the biggest advantage in a community rink versus an NHL rink? Well, I think it's the same thing. I think if you learn what your you learn what your ice surface is, right, and you figure out what temperatures that you put out um, 100 gallons of resurface, right? Let's just say that's your number, but as an example, 100 gallons of resurface. So it doesn't matter if you have a 19-year-old kid who doesn't know much about it. If you say set it at this, drive it like this, program it, then you know you're going to give every team that comes through there you already know that it sets up it's frozen it's producing a quality sheet like every time you know that's what it's doing so it's easy same thing it's another control factor um, of what you're doing uh, so it's basically if you're taking um, the limited amount of time that you have throughout a day all the way across um, same thing tournament weekend or even, you know, some buildings are just super busy, so their schedule's gonna dictate it. So now if you have 15 cuts a day, right? You have 15 cuts yep. a day, you only put on 100 gallons at a time because that's what, you know, the load of your compressors and your ice plant's taking at that time. You're gonna probably, you'll probably save yourself on some energy too because you're not gonna be over flooding, under flooding. You know, you're just gonna have that right amount all the time just to maintain your surface right where you wanna keep it at all the time. So, I mean, that's so you, another thing. Yeah. The, so, you, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you feel it would be an advantage in a community rink as well uh, to be able to take some of the thought process out of an inexperienced operator um, and have the computer regulate how many gallons of water based on what the uh, manager, ice ops manager of the facility uh, would want them to put down. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's a, I'd say it's a huge benefit. I mean, I've played hockey most of my life too. There's nothing like standing on the outside of the rink, even, even though I know tons of stuff about machines, even what a driver is supposed to be doing, even though whenever I'm standing there, watch, there's been plenty of times I've watched, you know, a young kid out there who doesn't, hasn't been trained properly, you know, and nobody's probably showed or told this kid anything to do. And I got a, my men's league game coming up next and it's a, it's a lake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lake out there. I'm already it's always slow now. I don't have, I don't need any more help. You know, <laughs> it's always fun to fall down in the first period of the game and be wet and cold the rest of the game. So. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a huge benefit. And, you know, even for your, you know, your normal morning shifts at a rink is pretty much all, you know, usually mostly figure skating, you know, it's most people's public rinks. I mean, how much happier you're going to make them whenever it's pretty much frozen, frozen right away instead of it being wet too. Cause <clears throat> they most of them most of them complain a little bit more than the hockey players, but that's just kind of the way that that part of the business works. No sure. offense, <laughs> my wife's a figure skater, so I get it. <laughs> we won't go into whether there should be points on the tips of skates or not today. <laughs> uh, so, with this system, does it allow you to expedite? the process of putting your ice in or is it more something that uh, when you're using the fast ice to build your ice um, that it is going to allow you to put in a better quality sheet of ice that's green ice uh, as they refer to in the industry? Mm. Um, I guess I would say, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of avoiding some parts of green ice. Um, I put in sheets with the fast ice system um, that are so crystal clear and so perfect that it's it's unreal i mean i get done doing it i'm just like how i don't even know how that just happened but it didn't matter i mean it's the hardest densest sheet that i could possibly build and it didn't matter the first game that those the third breads got out there and started chopping it up it was still you know shaley and you know not not the greatest so um i don't think there's but would I say, was it the best green ice that I've ever seen? Probably. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I mean, I've, I come from the very old school. I've been doing this 20 plus years of my life. And the first rink I worked at was the hose flood method. And just thinking about the cloudy, nasty, um, limey looking ice that was there compared to what I make now is, you know, night and day. Do I think the fast ice system gives you an advantage of um, making not so green ice? Absolutely. Um, it's the same thing. So not that I'm a professor in thermal dynamics or anything, but it all comes down to the way um, an ice molecule works, right? So an ice molecule, basically, um, whenever water goes from uh, from a, you know, from a liquid to a solid, the hydrogen atom or the hydrogen molecules actually push apart from each other, which is why you get 
cracking in your ice, right? Because when those molecules start to grab each other and they start to expand, the colder you drive your ice, it expands, and that's what causes it to um, put pressure against your ice dam or kick plate or whatever you got, and that's what's going to crack it up. And I think whenever you're building in thinner layers, I don't think that expansion happens as fast. And you can control your ice plant to whatever your the load that you're putting on the ice. It uh, I think it uh, it eliminates that, so you don't get as much fracturing and stuff like that right off the bat because it's already relieved its pressure and it's bonded the way it's supposed to. If that makes sense. Yeah, so it, it basically what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that by using the fast ice system, you're able to get to from a brand new sheet of ice to something that would be a, a cured or whatever the terminology might be uh, in the NHL, a cured sheet of ice quicker with less uh, problems because of the way that you're building that ice surface. Absolutely. I mean... I would say, I mean, I've done my fair share of ice even without the fast ice system. And just the clarity that you get from it is, um, which is really what you're looking for, is second to none compared to um, a hose or even a, a, a flood bar. You know, I mean, I've done them both ways. It's not that I'm just a fast ice snob. I've done it, whatever, you know, whatever tools you have to work with, what you have to work with. But if I was choosing right off the bat, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the fast ice system just because of the method that is used to um, to to the, for the application itself. It's it's just way better. Great. Kind of taking this a different direction. Can you let us know what uh, normal and we'll maybe go normal from a while back uh, day to a normal week is uh, like within your facility. Mm. Um, well, I'm, we're at more, probably one of the busiest buildings in the country. Um, it's basically always, you know, New York, LA, and then it's usually, uh, Dallas, Boston, Chicago, pretty much in the mix. So we're, we're, we're pretty much a heavy hitter. There's not a lot that we don't do in our building. So we're doing half a dozen concerts a month. Plus we have an NBA team and the NHL team and, whatever other, you know, private events are going on. But on a weekly basis, let's just say it's during basketball season, we'll have we'll have a hockey game one day, and then we'll do a basketball game the next day, then a hockey game the next day, then a concert, and then maybe a basketball game, and then maybe another concert um, throughout the week. So throughout those stretches, um, basically I got a plan. Um, I got a plan. Um, how I'm going to hold my sheet and maintain my sheet throughout that entire week. There's a lot that goes into it, probably another hour long conversation about how you would set your whole building up uh, according to how to, to maintain and keep uh, a decent NHL sheet. For most people that don't know, basically the ice stays in all season long. So we basically cover it and uncover it every time that we need um, a different event on top of the ice surface itself. So it's a pretty busy place. Um, I don't even know. So you you don't I, get a whole whole lot of free time. 
uh, to enjoy the sights of, of Dallas with uh, with a heavy schedule going through. W one question I've got uh, is how does the fast ice help you with such a hectic schedule? Because I'm going to assume that your ice doesn't see the light of day for much other than game days and maybe if the basketball team or concerts and stuff are not going on in the building while the, the hockey team's home. Can you let us know how that might, the fast ice system might help you get your ice back into good shape or how you want it to be? Um, I think the biggest thing about it is um, what a lot of people in the industry call it dehydration of the ice, which sounds stupid because it's made out of water. So how does it dehydrate? But I think that's just the terminology that's used for it. But it, it is it is true. You do get uh, shrinkage and it's so dry. It like neat, it's thirsty, you know? So let's just say we'll do, we'll do a home stretch and let's just say they're, they're on the road for two weeks. And in those two weeks, we would do, I don't know, four or five basketball games and two or three concerts or something in those, you know, two weeks, the guys are on the road. So whenever the floor comes back up and we're ready to clean it up, like it needs a drink. I mean, it is so dry. Even by the time we'll start at 4 a.m. on a normal out of a conversion to a hockey game day. And we'll start at 4 a.m. We'll clean the ice up and we'll start hitting with as much water as we can. So you're basically reflooding the ice and it almost instantaneously, it, it's, like, it sounds dumb, but it'll just suck that water right back into the ice itself because it's so dry. <clears throat> um, so whenever it's it's absorbing that water, the best part about the fast ice is, especially the new system, the V2, like the pump on that thing is, I mean, oh man, it's nice. Like you can, you can get out as much water as you want to get out um, in order to rehydrate. But basically what we're doing is we're trying to rebuild as much ice as fast as possible in the amount of time that we have throughout a day. So every game day, um, this is kind of what you're asking for. So on a game day, um, we would come out of, you know, the conversion, we would do our ice recovery, and then we would start flooding. Then there's a practice at 10 o'clock, there's a practice at 1130, and then we shut down at 1230 for the end of practice. We would clean up the ice, try to get as many floods on it as we possibly can, rehydrate it as much as we can again. And then after that, television loads in, glass is getting clean, ice mics are going on, production stuff's doing their things for a couple hours, and then we go back out and get it with as much water as we can again. And the nice thing about the new, the V2, I guess we would call it, the V2 is you you can really you can really move on those machines now because of the pump speed. You can really fly. Like the version one, it's all for most people that are listening, it's probably half fast ice. Or if you don't know anything about it, it's all speed control. So it's all about speed, uh, which is in a slow man's business is what this is, or a patient man's business. It's all about speed. So the very first one, the pumps, the pumps couldn't keep up with the speed of the machine, but now the pump now, will actually put itself in a, like an overdrive almost. So I can put on a flood in seven minutes instead of 11 minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot. But whenever you're talking about freeze time of four or five minutes, you start adding that up throughout the day or over a week, you've saved yourself you know, a few hours of work um, that you probably normally couldn't get done, if that makes so sense. 
Yeah. So with the V2, um, you're telling us that you can go faster yet still get um, more or as much water as you want down, whereas the earlier version of the system didn't quite do that. You had to drive the machine at a slower pace. Yeah, you had to. Or there's ways to trick the old version, you know, and I'm not there's I'm not knocking the old version. It's just it's not it's it's the pump is definitely not as good but you could trick it to do what you wanted to because like i said basically it's a speed sensor and that goes around your drive shaft and it just reads whatever you're driving at and the pump pressure is going to work off of the pump pressure is going to work off of whatever speed you're going at in the old system it just would not keep up with but the new one i mean you can you can really move on them i mean I'll give the engineer boys some credit on that one. They did a great job of upgrading that for sure. Um, that's probably the biggest, maybe the biggest benefit of the new system um, that, that I have noticed. I mean, I've been using it, whatever, three quarters of a hockey season. Um, and um, I use the other one for, you know, 15 years. So, so you got a lot, of, a lot of yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. But I know the new version, definitely the pump is 10 times better than what the old version was. Great. Well, we're glad to hear that. What's it like to deal with the expectations of the NHL and probably more importantly, its players to provide quality ice in your building? Uh -huh. um, I don't know. I mean, there's an expectation that comes along with it, right? I mean, it's the NHL. And everybody expects everything to be perfect all the time, which um, is not always true because uh, we were just discussing the amount of events that go on in a, an arena now make things very tough on somebody like me. And yeah, the, uh, the pressure's there because it's, you know, what's the salary cap up to now? 80 something million. So there's $160 million worth of athletes out there every night. And you know, ownership, that's an asset to them. So now all of a sudden, if you make a bad sheet and you guys got two guys pull up on a groin pool and a guy blow out an ACL and now they're down $14 million and everybody starts saying it's a problem with the sheet, um, you're probably going to be looking for that number for that truck driving school or calling 1-800-BARTEND because uh, <laughs> it's not going to go over very well. But you know, I would say... It's it's tougher to um, it's tougher to make everybody happy. You can never make everybody happy. I actually call the National Hockey League the Never Happy League because there there will be there'll be some days where I think the ice is spectacular, and then the guys are like, "Oh yeah, that was terrible." But you know, you can't take everything to heart in that. Something I learned as a as a young man, which you know, Mr. Westby, going back to him, he was the one. He said. Uh, don't sweat, don't sweat it, kid. Don't sweat the small stuff because it's all small stuff. Because we used to have some players that would just chew you alive. But uh, can't take it personal, you know. But yeah, the pressures of it is, you know, it is what you make of it. And I think as I've gotten older, and actually I'm a, you know, hundred times better ice maker than I was whenever I first started in this business. So I know what my expectations are, and um, sometimes you got to think that. Well, this guy's just a hockey player. What does he know about ice making? <laughs> I, I used to chuckle when they used to have the, and I think they still do in the NHL, where they have 
the people grade out their ice and um, there's a couple things that come to my mind where they talk both teams had to skate on the same sheet of ice one's going to win one's going to lose and mm-hmm. um, when you get people hockey players or uh, officials who are grading out the ice you have to wonder how much do they truly know versus you know obviously they're out there skating on different sheets of ice but uh, to have them be critical is it a personal opinion is it something that they like the city better than a different one where they having a good day or they having a bad day so no I mean that's absolutely true I mean I've seen the, the I've been around long enough now to see like that whole thing come up from uh, basically the very first version of uh, ice grading to you know what it is now but I mean I, I remember some pretty nasty ones I mean <laughs> I mean I, probably some things I probably shouldn't say on the on the radio here um, it's some of them were pretty nasty I mean there was things that said and that'd be the team that won you know you'd be like that'd be the team that won you're like what is going on here you yeah know? you came over, you, came, you came over with two points what's the problem yeah, um, yeah it's tough what challenges do you feel you face? And this kind of goes back to talking about uh, Mr. Westby, who came from north of the Mason-Dixon and had to make ice south of the Mason-Dixon. Um, what do you feel you face in making uh, ice making in your building um, versus what somebody might not face, um, say, in Minnesota or Canada or any of the colder winter climate areas? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, your geographical spot in the world, wherever you're making ice at, is going to make a huge difference on what you're doing. Um, so whenever hockey season starts kicking up, right, it's usually September is uh, preseason. So our ice install is usually mid-September, right before preseason starts. And here in Texas, it could be 104 so it makes it very difficult so you have to have the understanding of your mechanical and your building of what it can do and what it can't do um and those are lessons you have to learn i can't tell you what what your place is going to do but i can tell you what mine is going to do but in those in that time of year we struggle we struggle you know it's very hard for us to keep up putting ice in but that is another thing with the benefit with the fast ice is is i have that control over that water so whenever i'm building ice so i could lower my water output to keep up with whatever's going on outside because your cooling tower now your water in your cooling cooling tower has gone up 15 degrees from being you know whatever 75 in banff you know up Banff, Canada, and then in Dallas, Texas, it's 107. So now your, your cooling tower water has changed 15 to 18 degrees, probably. So your evaporation is going to change. So the way your plant load is going to change. Those are things that you have to consider whenever you're doing those things. So keeping up with with that, the fast ice itself is like I said, I can just slow down the water output. So you feel there are distinct differences and in your environment and you know probably in all environments the fast ice system is going to be beneficial over that of a flood uh, with a spreader towel a conventional style flood for sure for sure I think I think that's uh, an accurate statement just the way you said it you know and even times of year here and you know 
Florida, Texas, you know, Arkansas, you know, plenty of places get humid, but these places get, you know, ungodly amounts of humidity. Um, but the way I was fortunate because the way our building was set up, because anybody that remembers this back in the 90s, I mean, uh, whenever Dallas was in the playoffs in their heyday, like they struggled quite a bit to keep the ice the way they needed to keep it because of the humidity. Um, because the humidity was, you know, out of control here, but they didn't have the infrastructure or the mechanical side of it in the old reunion arena to keep up with what what was happening. It wasn't meant to have a hockey team, right? It was an afterthought. And uh, the way we set up our building now, we can we can keep up and we don't have as many troubles. So basically what I do is inside the building, whenever we're getting ready for a game every day, I try to turn into a little mini Edmonton. So I just want control of the building um, <clears throat> as with temperature, humidity as much as I can get, but you, know, you have to know, you have to know what that building's doing. And then uh, every time it changes, right, you should change with it. Not everything, but a little bit of it, you know? So if it is super humid and you're getting that sticky ice, then it's the same thing. I'll turn down, I'll turn down my water output, right? According to whatever I needed to do, because, uh, I don't want that moisture flying in the air either and then coming back down after it's been skated or frozen, right? Sure. Because you're dumping more load into your plant as well and making crunchy ice. So you're constantly evolving with um, during, obviously, times of year are going to be different. Uh, even in Dallas, you get winter uh, in January where it's going to be different than August. Um, right. Have you... Have you spent any time, and you mentioned earlier about some of the dynamics of making ice, have you spent any additional time uh, delving into the science of ice and um, how the fast ice system can help you make better ice? And if so, what uh, what kind of things have you learned? Um, I would say for sure. I mean, you, if you're going to be at this level, if you're not some sort of science nerd a little bit, um, you're probably in the wrong business because you have to understand how everything works in order to make the best quality sheet. So as far as what you're saying, the science of it, yeah, obviously I've read all kinds of things, you know, from, you know, obviously why hot, why hot water freezes fast, you know, like why does it freeze faster, which has never really totally been proven. But if you go through, uh, I mean, what, from what I've seen and used, it's true, you know. Uh, but the original reason why I was told that they started using hot water in the beginning from uh, Mr. Westby was it was to meld over the skate edges. So the water would flow into the ruts a little bit better and it would make it a smoother sheet. You know, I mean, I think the towel does that very well. Um, and the fast ice is basically spraying it on top of it. So just that's just an example. But as far as. Uh, um, that's. That's good. Good example. And I go back to Mr. Wizard telling uh, telling me that hot water freezes faster. And I never cared for science when I was growing up. And it's something that it has to do with there's less oxygen in hot water. The molecules are spinning slower. And if you want to do a test, take uh, two plastic um, ice cube trays, fill one with hot water as hot as you can get it out of the faucet, one mm -hmm. with cold water. And you'll not only see that uh, 
hot water one freezes faster, and some of that's due to evaporation, but um, it's also clearer than the, the cold water is. Less oh, yeah, because, trapped yeah, oxygen. Yeah. Right, because gases are expunged out of water the higher the temperature goes too, which is another reason why you want to use hot water. The less gases that are trapped inside of your water, right, as it goes yeah. out, and even as it's sitting to freeze, you know, which is another reason why the fast is better because it's a faster freeze, so it's not absorbing any more air into it. And it's um, the way the droplets come out and aerate and hit the hit the ice as you're watching it. It's so flat because it's like little beads, right? They're just like tiny little raindrops that are just making one flat surface. When you're watching, it's one thing. So that's one thing that's definitely like you notice. But yeah, obviously the whole science part of it. I mean, you have to know how ice skates work. Like how does an ice skate work? Well, it all comes down to pressure, right? I mean, that's how you get glide, right? Because there's a little minute thin layer of ice that's underneath that skate blade, which is what's making it, um, what's making it glide, right? So, you know, it's the thing what you're doing with ice temperatures. That's why figure skaters, you should do, you know, a little bit higher temperature. Everybody says, oh, because they get more bounce out of it. No, they get better glide because they're only 110 pounds. And yeah, their blades are a little bit different. So the pressure that they're putting on the ice to get the glide and the speed they need to, the numbers go up. Now, if you're a 220 pound man that's got legs the size of a tree trunk, it's going to be a little bit different. So your pressure is going to change in order to get that glide underneath that skate to go as well. You know, when we were watching Mike Madonna back in the 90s and early 2000s rip up and down the rink, you know, that was exactly what it was doing, right? Like you had to have the right temperature, the right amount of stuff so that guy could fly and you could see that jersey fly. You know, all these guys are super fast now. So, I mean, you know, that's the, the term, right? Hard, fast ice, right? That's... What, what you're talking about but yeah you, you have to learn the science of all that side of it i mean there's too much to go over it like i said i'm not a professional thermal dynamics but there's tons of tons and tons of things you can find out there on the old google machine that can um can help just google how landscape works and you could probably come up learn about water there's things out there all the time have you noticed any savings? And I know in a big building, it might be kind of harder to uh, determine, but have you noticed any savings by using um, the fast ice system over a tall uh, flood setup? No, I would say I, I can't really say that I, I see that side of it because of the amount of consumption that we use um, in a place like that. It'd be very hard for me to say. Now, do I think that you could? Yes, because we sort of covered it early. The theory, the theory is you can, because you're controlling your you're controlling your heat load on your plant with the amount of water that you're putting out um, every time that you go out and do it. And if you can keep your ice surface under control, which you can with the fast ice, because you're limiting the amount of water that you can put out, so you're not going to overbuild and get your edges up, you know, to you know, I've been in rinks and seen corners that were almost up to up over the top of the kick plate. But that thing's over there is like almost a foot tall, you know. But you can control that a little bit more with that. So your your sheet would stay whatever it is. If you want an inch and a half or whatever it is, you would stay pretty consistent all the time instead of being an inch and three quarters, then two and two and a quarter, then two and three quarters. So your mechanical side's working twice as hard. So I could see how uh 
how it could be beneficial. We've had uh, discussions with another NHL facility who altered their um, prep for going out to do a flood by going from a machine that didn't have fast ice to a one uh, that does. Uh, do you have any experience at either Reunion or American Airlines Center um, of a comparison like that? Would you be making any differences or different changes in what you do to um, prep for the machines going out uh, to do a resurface? So what they're saying is they're doing um, a, using the fast ice during the day and then using the towel during the game? No, what they went from, they went from machines that had a towel um, to they got new machines that had fast ice on it. And what they found when they originally put the machines into use was um, that their ice was um, breaking up. And what they found was that they're getting the ice too cold because they were used to a flood with a towel. Uh, and they went to the spray with the fast ice. And sure. they, were, they were able to reduce the uh, crank up time of the compressors um, from seven minutes to four minutes. And um, they weren't having to crank the compressors as hard uh, to handle that load that was being put on it with a towel flood. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, I mean, it's just what we we're saying before. You have, you know, you have complete control over the amount of water that's going to go out. So even so even me using version one as long as I did, the numbers that I would the numbers that I would use in a game, um, <clears throat> I would tell both drivers, right? Or whoever was driving, we would set both machines to the exact same settings. So I knew every time that they would go out, I would put out 140 gallons of water or 130 gallons of water or 125 gallons of water. So <clears throat> I would say, I mean, that that part of it is is huge because it, it's it's all about data, right? I mean, that's really what it's about. It's about data. I mean, how do you? It's a it's an eighth grade science experiment, and how do you start with that, right? It's it's a control factor, right? And whatever it is you're trying to achieve with that. So <clears throat> you set your ice temperatures wherever it is, or you move your ice temperatures up, and you change the amount of water. So what those guys were probably seeing is, is before, you know, it, it didn't even matter. Like you're just opening a ball valve and you're driving. You're depending on the driver to drive at a speed and every guy is going to drive a little bit different, you know, a little bit faster, a little bit slower. And the way that valve is going to work is going to be different. So you're just going to have uh, a ton more water. You're not going to have as much control over it. Whereas this system, whenever I say this guy, you set now the new version, say, I wanted at 130% for after warm-ups and I wanted a 120% for, for first intermission and 100 and something percent in the next intermission, which I'll change those according to like whatever intermission games we have going on. Because if we don't have an intermission game going on, we'll turn the water up. If we don't have, if we have one going on, we'll turn the water down. But I know every time that the amount of time it's going to take for it to freeze because my building temperatures are what they are and the ice plant temperature was what it is, and the amount of water that goes out, I know how fast it takes it to freeze. So that's what those guys are probably experiencing is probably the first time as well, just well, starting just, to see that. You just lobbed me a fastball right down the center of the plate. I'm gonna see if I can <laughs> knock it out of the park. Um, <laughs> it leads right into my next question. Uh, you have Zamboni Connect. 
uh, on your two new machines. And have you tracked any of this data? And is the data, if you are tracking it, is it helping you uh, understand things or making it easier for you to understand um, what your thought process is? Uh, you know, you're very educated on this. You've had to learn your ice sheet just like everybody does. And I, you could have two sheets, one side by side. They're not going to mm -hmm. be the same. But is this uh, Zamboni Connect and the data that you talked about, is that making your life easier, um, hopefully? Uh, yeah, after I figured out how to use it. <laughs> it took me a little while, you know. Uh, but most of the data that comes up there, I mean, it's, it's very the connect part of it, I would say, for maintenance reasons, 100%. Um, now, as far as the ice making water part of it and stuff like that, I mean, I've already been tracking that stuff for years, so it didn't really affect me as much. But the maintenance part of it was pretty huge. But basically, I have a logbook, which I'm sure most everybody uses a logbook for the most part. And I just log out what I cut, what I do, what my settings are all the time. Because, you know, like I said, eighth grade science experiment you're you're keeping that same data as far as you can go all the time now the connect uh, you know I mean I've only been using it a few months um, so I say the jury's still out for me uh, for the purposes I use it for but an admissible rink I could see how that would be huge just because of it keeps up with so much like I mean I'm gonna be honest I don't care how much propane that I use because we're, we're never gonna we're never gonna run out because our building, we're, we're, we're turning and burning hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So that, that, that part of savings does not affect me. But in a smaller municipal rink, right, a city-owned rink or something like that, you have to answer for those numbers. And sure. uh, I could see how I could be very beneficial for that side of it. But the maintenance side of it, it's pretty cool just because it does keep reminders on you of when your machine starts hitting hours to say, hey, you know, you need to think about, you know, it's oil change time and or it's grease the, you know, drive shaft, you know, grease this time, you know. So I, I, that that part of it's been pretty beneficial for for me. I mean, I'm I'm not much on the old calculating box all the time, so uh, it's hard for me to get used to it. But uh, I could see how it'd be huge for for municipal ring for sure. Good. Well, gonna ask you one last question before we wrap this up. Um, You've spent time and energy with our engineering department uh, in helping us uh, develop uh, the fast ice system after we acquired it. And if you had one last uh, tidbit of advice or one change that you'd like to see in it, what might that be? Cruise control, man. Why is there not cruise control on these machines? It baffles me all the time. Like, come on, guys, figure that one out. Well, we'll we'll get Julian working on that right after he gets the swag sent to you that uh, um, is going to be in the mail. So yeah, but um, otherwise, honestly, the VT version has you know I'm not just pumping tires. It is really nice, and after using it now. Um, for as long as I used it, it took me a little while to figure it out as well, which is going to take anybody. It's a learning curve, but it's been hugely beneficial um, between that and we have the LaTeX now too, the laser. Between those two, I would say this is the best sheet of ice that I made in my entire life probably this year. 
Friday. It's been, it was that good by the time I got to figuring everything out, got everything working. By January, we were making some of the best ice I think I've ever seen us have. I mean, guys were flying out there. So I give some kudos to the engineers. Don't want to accept, I don't want to pump their tires too much. Don't get, <laughs> get We appreciate that feedback, Cody. It's been great chatting with you today. Always a pleasure. I look forward to the next time we can get together. And uh, who knows, maybe there's another concert we can uh, go see someday. <laughs> hope so, but thanks for having me and uh, hope everybody out there is doing well. All right. Take care, Cody, and you have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.